This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Avoid Probate with Jason Laidler. Heard every Sunday at 8 a.m. on Zoomer Radio. Welcome to the program with a unique focus on helping Canadians avoid probate. The one thing everyone should know about probate is that it's not inevitable. With some planning and good advice, you can avoid the exhausting, expensive and time-consuming probate process and have your affairs settled quickly and privately. Speaking of good advice, here are your hosts of Avoid Probate. Good morning, Zoomer listeners. Welcome to the Avoid Probate Show on this beautiful Sunday morning. So glad you're here joining us again. We're back. Hopefully. And we're back. I'm Jason Laidler. I'm back. And it looks like uh, my friend, the world-famous co-host Ted Walsh, is also back. I am back. Good. Welcome back. welcome back. Thank you very much. Did you enjoy your little week off? I enjoyed the week off. Enjoyed uh, Easter last week. That was nice. Did the Easter Bunny come to your house? And... <laughs> No, he didn't. Oh. I think he's lost my address. Well, my girls are, you know, they're older teenagers, so yeah, he doesn't come to my house. Yeah. Although, you know, he delivers cash these days. He does. Instead, does of, he? instead of chocolate eggs. Well, very nice. Very yeah, nice. I know. It's it's the first of May. We're into the month of May. It's crazy. Which brings us uh, our first uh, long weekend of the warmer weather. It's not, it's not a... Summer holiday, but it's a, it's the May two four weekend, which this year lands on a Tuesday on a Monday. Well, it's always on a Monday, but it's the twenty third this year, so it's actually close to May twenty fourth. Hmm. Yeah, it used to be um, one of my favorite weekends because of music festivals. I would go to in Barrie at the Molson, but it always seemed to be thing. raining and cold. Oh, I remember some nice May yeah. two four weekends. Oh, yeah. yeah, okay, for sure. I'm sure we had some that weren't so nice, but. Yeah, I like it. I like the fact, the best part is, to your point, it's like the first long weekend of non-winter yep. weather. And it's typically, for a lot of people, it's planting season. Oh. So I get, get out there and start putting in. Are you the, planting? This year, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, you know, I don't bother with, with tomatoes anymore because I know too many people who do tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. And I haven't had good luck in the last couple of years with tomatoes. Okay. I do have a, a, a pear tree, but that's all. Up, it's up to the pear tree to decide whether it wants to bear fruit or not because... It sort of goes on. It rotates. Yeah, One year I've you get that. like a hundred pairs, and the next year you get like three. So we'll see what happens there. And I think I'm just going to get some some flowers and put it on the windowsill and let it just overflow. And you know what I think you should do? Capture the beauty. I think you should plant strawberries because I think, and I'm not a gardening expert by any stretch of the imagination, but if I think they propagate, you know, so if, if the conditions are right, they just grow and they spread like weeds. Like dandelions, and mm-hmm. they spread, and they spread, and they spread, and then you've got like fresh strawberries, and which is fantastic. You can snack on tasty fresh strawberries and have strawberry shortbread. Yeah, strawberries. You can do strawberries, raspberries. Yeah, raspberries are big thorny bushes, though, right? Yeah, they are. I think strawberries are a little more user friendly. Maybe. Just my thought. No, it's, it's a good idea. I was reading a thing about fruits and pesticides, and strawberries are one of the worst for tracking pesticides. You mean like absorbing them into the berry? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Uh, You've got to be careful with that. You mentioned May 1st. I didn't know this, I guess, but it's it's also known as May Day. Is that a thing? Yeah. And because, do you know why? Do I know why it's May Day? Yeah. 
Well, I'm not sure what the deal is now because it's Russians used to celebrate it with a big May Day parade. But I don't know if it's now they do like May the 7th where they bring out all their armor and yeah, everything. Well, I'm not or... talking about the Russians, but I just mean here, apparently in North America, it's also called May Day. And it has to do something with the workers who are getting ready to uh, work for the summertime and, and the fields and toil and, mm. and grow strawberries. And, oh, har- and harvest them. So May Day, also known, and I just learned this in my deep research, that <laughs> it's also known as Labor Day in like every other part of the world except Canada, the U.S., and Bermuda. Because, of course, our Labor Day is in September. Right. But apparently uh, a lot of people consider May 1st Labor Day for the reason I was talking about workers in the field and all that stuff. I see. Mm-hmm. So happy May Day. Okay. Listeners, yeah. So let me just set up the show here real quick. It is the Avoid Probate Show. You are in the right place. That's for sure. Thank you for joining us. I'm Jason Laidler here with Ted Wallachin. We are back from uh, one one week off, and hopefully you enjoyed the, um, what was it, the refresher? The Back to Basics uh, show that we repeated last Sunday morning. Because we, you know, took a little break, yep. the mailbag is, like, bursting at the seams. So I think we're going to get, I think it's just going to be, like, all mailbag for the remainder of well, this. Well, we have to catch up. So it's yeah. a good idea. Well, I want to catch up. There's some, there's some stories hot off the press. There's some good stuff. As always. Well, as we mentioned before, that the, oftentimes the mail, uh, the questions and answers and comments that we receive from the listeners um, are the basis of, uh, of a lot of good conversation and a lot of information that others are seeking because the odds are that whatever it is that you're going through, someone is going, has gone through or is going through something, if not identical, then similar to say the least. So that's right. That's why we appreciate you sending in your letters and, mm-hmm. uh, and making your calls. Yep. As you do each week. Yep, keep them coming because uh, you're helping other people, like uh, Ted says. So, yeah. so let's uh, take a quick break here, and then when we come back after you've topped up your tea and your coffee, we will jump into the mailbag ahead of uh, regular schedule. We're going to uh, change things up a little bit this week. So we'll be right back. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. Let me take a moment to tell you about my friends at Helenda's The Meat People. I've been a big, big fan of theirs for years now, and without a doubt, they make some of the best sausage in Ontario. They are multiple award winners, having captured the Ontario's finest meat competition's coveted Award of Excellence on three separate occasions, in addition to dozens of individual product awards. Helenda's has also received the Grand Champion Ribbon at the past two Royal Winter Fairs Ready to Eat Meat Snack Competition. So whether you're preparing a charcuterie board or a full-blown sit-down dinner for your friends or family, you'll find Helenda's award-winning products at fine meat shops throughout the province, now including selected Metro, Sobeys, Fortino's, and Foodland stores, along with their seven Helenda's locations. Their barbecued kielbasa, my favorite. Fresh bun, horseradish, it's out of this world. But don't just take my word for it, judge for yourself. On your barbecue, in your kitchen, or straight from the fridge, Helenda's, the way sausage should taste. This is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. 
Welcome back. Once again, you are listening to the Avoid Probate Show with Jason Laidler, and I'm Ted Walshen. And the information that we provide in this program each week for you is for general consumption only. It's not intended to provide particular legal or investment advice. Every situation, as you know, is different. So if you have legal or investment questions, speak with a licensed expert. And when you're talking investment questions, I'm sitting across from one right now, Mr. Laidler. You can contact him. Email Info at avoidprobate.ca. That's avoidprobate is one word. That's info at avoidprobate.ca. Or you can call toll-free anytime during the week, 1-844-667-7628. That's 1-844-667-7628. And you can pass along your thoughts, your comments, and your questions as well. And you never know, it could turn into something from the mailbag, which is what we're going to explore right now. That's right. Uh, thank you, Ted. And this lady did call and said, can I ask you a quick question? And, of course, I said, yes, uh, that's what we're here for. It's it's funny, you know, people will say, um, are you the probate people? Um, yeah, we're the probate Well, I've got a probate question. Can you help me with a probate question? And I'll say, well... The name of the company is avoidprobate.ca. So, yes, we are here to help uh, help answer all your probate-related questions. And I gave this lady um, as much time as she wanted on the phone the other day and what happened in her in her case. And this is a mailbag item. So we are starting with the mailbag, and I know that's not normally how the, the show uh, is divided up into segments, but we want to get caught up on the mailbag stuff. It's important. So the lady's mom passed away, and, and she didn't tell me how old she was, but I could tell she was elderly in some way, uh, between the age of 60 and 80, let's say. And um, she said that she was joint on the main account that her mom had. I said, okay. She also said she was the executor. And I said, well, those two things are kind of unrelated because if you're joint, it doesn't matter who the executor is because the joint account probably isn't going to pass through the will. I'll come back to that in a second. So her question was, can she simply just disperse the funds that she was on the joint account with? Can she disperse those funds to her other two sisters? So three daughters uh, surviving mom's passing. And I said, it depends on the type of joint ownership that the account was set up as. And hopefully regular listeners will recall we talked about the the different types of joint ownership a few episodes ago. Remember, it's joint tenants or it's tenants in common. One has a right of survivorship, one does not. A joint tenants is the one where if Ted Walshin and Jason Layler own a house together and one of us passes away and it's held um, joint tenants, the other, the survivor automatically owns the whole house. Uh, the difference with the other one, the tenants in common is, you know, if, if I pass away, Ted doesn't automatically own my share, I could leave my share to my spouse, or my kids, or who, or charity, right. whatever I want. Well, so, why would you not do it that way? Well, what the bank, I'm just saying, I can't assume what the bank did. That's I learned that a long time ago. So <laughs> so the bank probably, and I told her this, I said, I said I, I'm assuming it's joint tenants, which would mean, because she's talking about a checking account. Right. So in this case, so I told her, you, gotta, you actually really should find out which one it is, because it makes a big difference. But when she said it's a checking account, I said, well, I'm assuming, which is not really a good idea, uh, technically speaking, but if I had to bet on it, uh, that it's a joint tenant situation, which means the balance of the account is now all hers to do with as she pleases, except, okay, let me throw in another concept here. This is why I like, I love these mailbag items so much, because 
it can speak to so many different concepts that we cover specifically on the mm-hmm. show. So, okay, let's pretend in this case uh, it's it's the right of survivorship and the money's all hers, and that's fine. However, I did point out to her that uh, it, there's a chance. Okay, she already said she wants to divvy it up to her sisters, but that's what she said. And what she says and what she does may not be the same thing. I don't know. I don't know the lady, right? Let's let's give her the benefit of the doubt, though. And so the next point really is kind of moot because if she's divvying it up, well, then that's that's a good thing. That's the right thing. But what I was going to say is we've spent a lot of time on the show uh, in, in past episodes talking about this thing called the resulting trust. And so just because you're joint on the account doesn't mean mom or dad intended for you to keep all the money. And it's been in the Supreme Court, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we can listen to the podcast and hear all about this discussion if you want to know more, or of course you can call us. So the default, the default setting is that it's a resulting trust and that you are meant to share the proceeds, the value of the account with whoever you're supposed to be sharing it with. And unless it's very specific, indicating otherwise, that's the default setting, which is what she's, what she told me she wants to do anyway. So I wasn't too worried about it because I'm, I'm taking her for a word. So the fact that it may have created a, a resulting trust is probably neither here nor there. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is that there's a lot of uh, facets to this stuff. And no wonder people are confused and no wonder people are uncertain. There's one more uh, layer to this one particular call. She's like, okay, that's good. I, I get it. Thanks for all that. She goes, in, in addition to this, mom had a small TFSA. Well, I say small, approximately $10,000 in it. And there was no beneficiary on the TFSA. The TFSA, you, listeners will, will, will remember, is an example of a registered plan, and you can put beneficiaries on a registered plan at the bank. You cannot put beneficiaries on non-registered plans at the bank, and that's where we come in and, and move those funds for you so that you now can, once the funds have arrived at the insurance company and they get reinvested into a portfolio that you're comfortable with, and that avoids the probate and the frozen nonsense and et cetera, et cetera, and then legal fees and all that ugliness. So mom's TFSA, which should have avoided probate, did not because there's no executor, uh, sorry, no beneficiary named on it. The beneficiary, the default is the estate. And if it goes through the estate, well, that's a problem. So, but there is a silver lining here, sort of, because the sum, the 10K is such a relatively low sum, the bank, to their credit, and I don't give the banks a lot of credit, and I'm going to give them a lot less in a few minutes when I tell you another story, but they said, okay, we will let you, we will waive the probate, but you got to come in and sign the letter of indemnity. And I tell people this when they call me and they say, uh, you know, my brother, it's a small account, it's 15 grand, they want it probated, what do I do? I can't believe it, I'm freaking out, and, I, and my advice is always, okay, first thing you got to do, book a meeting with the manager. And that's not easy to do, and i got a story about that. But you book a meeting with the manager, and you explain to the manager, this is it. Because you got to remember, the banks don't, the guy at the bank doesn't know if you have accounts at four other banks. So mm-hmm. he doesn't really know what the probate big picture looks like. But if you, can, uh, if you can convince the bank person that really this is it, it's 15 grand total, can you give me a break and avoid the probate on the 15 grand? I will sign a letter of indemnity releasing the bank of liability. That's all they're worried about is liability. They don't want to pay the 15 grand to the wrong person. Mm-hmm. So again, the bank in this case, lucky for this lady, offered to have this letter of liability, sorry, letter of indemnity signed by all three girls. 
They said, we will do it, but all three of you, all three beneficiaries, have to come into the branch in person and sign at the same time. To which the caller said to me, there's one problem with that. I said, well, what's the problem? She goes, one of the sisters lives in Germany. So I'm like, well, that is a problem. And to her point, it's it's ten thousand dollars. I mean, maybe the maybe the sister is due for a visit back to Canada to see her sisters again. I don't know. I, we didn't get into that, but it's not. I mean, unless the sister flies from Germany back to Ontario and goes into the branch to sign this letter of indemnity, I think this lady's got a problem. Unless I don't know. I, and I mentioned DocuSign. You're familiar with DocuSign? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the email. Well, electronic signatures, mm-hmm. right? It's becoming more and more popular. Law firms can use DocuSign. Yep. Lots of companies. I've used that on a number of occasions. Okay. So the problem is the banks still think it's like 1945 because they can't accept transfers by email. You have to fax them in still. And I don't understand. Like, they're supposed to be like leading technological, you know, on, on the edge of technology with banking systems and all that stuff. But uh, I would be surprised if they would let these people use DocuSign. I could be wrong about that. I stand and be corrected on that. I've never seen DocuSign at a bank, but maybe it's an option. So I said, that's all I can tell you. And, you know, uh, good luck. And I'd love to know how it plays out. Good luck. And um, sorry that uh, your mom passed and that this is a challenge for you. So this is why we say it here on the Avoid Probate Show. And it is the Avoid Probate Show. And thank you for just joining us. I'm Jason Laidler here on AM740 with Ted Walshin. We're here every Sunday between 8 and 9. We often will encourage the listeners, call us before your mom or dad or grandma or grandpa passes away because that's when we can help you. And I've also said many times on the show, just because it's a TFSA or a registered account of some kind, don't assume that there's beneficiaries named on it. And I've seen this happen many times, This the situation this lady's in. And I told her, I said, that's on the bank, by the way, because the listeners, let's just assume the listener's not, or the bank customer's not the expert. They're, they don't probably even know that you can put a beneficiary on a TFSA. But the person at the bank, well, they should know. And if they know that you can, why aren't they saying to people when they open up the TFSA account in the first place, by the way, uh, you can put a beneficiary on this account and it will that will avoid probate. So if that's something you'd like to do, I need to know who whose name I need to put down on the account as a beneficiary. It doesn't mean you have to, but they should at least be giving customers the option. And I wasn't there. I don't know. Maybe it happened. Maybe it didn't. All we know is that, according to this lady, there's no beneficiary on the TFSA. So check your registered accounts, especially TFSAs. There's lots more mailbag where that came from, but I think we're going to take a quick break here and we'll, uh, we'll do some more mailbag stuff as soon as we get back. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. My name is Marilyn and I avoided probate. Our story begins when Marilyn paid a visit to her mom's bank. She noticed something odd. She had 100% of her money tied up in GICs, making 1%. It wasn't enough to sustain her. She was dipping into her capital big time. Marilyn wanted to disperse the money for her mom's needs as she ages. She had acquired power of attorney. No, you can't do anything with her accounts. They're in her name. And that was that. I was overwhelmed by everything. I didn't know what to do. That's when Jason from avoidprobate.ca stepped in. There was a sense of urgency because Marilyn's mother is no spring chicken. This process takes time. And I didn't know how much time we had. He walked me through what I should do when 
when I went to the bank what I should say to them. Not only that, Jason went with Marilyn to the bank. They weren't happy that I was sitting across the table from them in the office and they knew that we were trying to move this money. But I knew that we had a right to do that and that it was the right thing to do. Persistence paid off and we got the transfer done in time. So many seniors have these GICs at the bank. They will be probated. They will be frozen. They're paying next to nothing. And they're locked in with maturity dates. It drives me crazy. I don't understand why anybody buys these things. There are much better options out there. And sometimes we can do this transfer at no cost to the account holder. Should you get in touch with avoidprobate.ca? Anybody who has non-registered accounts at the bank needs to look into the services we provide at avoidprobate.ca because by definition, you can't put a beneficiary on a non-registered account at the bank. You can put a beneficiary on a non-registered account at an insurance company. The rules are different. I felt that the banks thought I was a thief, but Jason made me feel so much better. I know we've done the right thing. Call us at avoidprobate.ca on the toll-free number, but call us before your mom or dad passes away. That's when we can help you. Have the conversation with your parents and avoid probate like Marilyn did with avoidprobate.ca. Call 1-844-667-7628. This is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. And a good morning. You are tuned in to the Avoid Probate Show with Ted Walsh and Jason Laidler. And we invite you to visit us on our website. It is avoidprobate.ca. You go there. There is a free probate calculator. You can play with that and see roughly how much probate might be payable on your estate or your mom or dad's estate. And there's also a button there for anyone who's missed any of the past shows. It'll take you back to all the programs that we have recorded in the nearly one year that we have been doing this show. And of course, as usual, the email address is info at avoidprobate.ca. Toll free, you can reach us during the week, one 667 7628 So email or call with a question, a comment, and we'll get back to you on that. And again, thanks for being with us. Yep, thanks, Ted. All right, let's continue with the mailbag here. I'll do a couple uh, shorter items, and then there's maybe a longer one if we have time. But one lady called me on behalf of her brother-in-law who had been married to her sister before the sister passed a few years ago. The sister who's still with us is committed to helping out her, her sister's widower. Is that right? Do I have that right? The widower is the man? Yeah, mm-hmm. the widower. And he's got a potential probate problem, which they are quite familiar with because the sister who passed, for some reason they're not aware of, she had one account that was not joint with her husband. And they're not sure why, but in any case, uh, sure enough, the bank required probate on that account, again, a relatively small sum. This was pre-COVID. If I I can't remember the year of passing, I think it's 2018. I'm not sure. Anyway, pre-COVID, and as I've said before, with with COVID happening, the courts were closed for I don't know a year and a half or whatever. Mm. So, whatever backup they had in the COVID court before is just that much longer now after being closed for that time. She, I asked her specifically, how long, roughly, did it take for you to go through the probate process for that one account that your sister had that was not joint with her husband? She said roughly nine months. And so, again, that was, a, that was pre-COVID, 
nine months to deal with this one account. We st- I just say 10 months flippantly here on the Avoid Probate Show. It's not three months, that's for sure. It's a lot longer. And if there's any glitch or problem or error or challenge, forget it. You're years, years in probate court. And I've got, we have plenty of clients who have said it's been five years or multiple years and it's not over yet. So, yeah, that's, you know, that hopefully that encourages people to think about what they need to do to avoid the probate nightmare. Somebody else called, regular listener, Ted, you're going to like this, okay? Pretty happy-go-lucky guy likes to crack a laugh and a joke, and he said, uh, by the way, I just want you to let Ted Ted Walsh know that I'd really like to see him try to clear customs with his Helenda's Meets Loyalty card. <laughs> remember that? I do I do all the time. Yeah, so I remember yeah. Ted, Ted Walsh was talking about his loyalty card. He even pulled it out of his wallet to show it to me one day. Yeah. Because uh, I, I, th- I think maybe I said no way. But anyway, it's a thing. Right? It's a thing. This guy, this gentleman was telling me he likes to uh, read the fine print. So I get it. Everybody, everyone handles their financial situation a little bit different, and that's fine, and I respect that. So this is one of those guys, maybe he's an engineer, I don't know, but he really wants to read the fine print before he makes any decisions, which I can appreciate. And he asked me if I could provide him, I have never had this question before. He said, can I please provide him with an old-fashioned annual report? on the insurance company that we were talking about moving the money to. And I thought, well, I don't know. Uh, do they still make hard copies of annual reports? I guess maybe they do. Well, you could probably download it, I'm sure. I know, but I, and I did that. I looked at it. It's 150 pages long. Oh, well. <laughs> so, because I thought, well, maybe I'll print it off for the gentleman and send it off to him. But it's 150 pages of color. Yeah. Well, we'd be better off just to, to download it himself. He's not really computer guy. He doesn't really use the computer. He's not comfortable. I, I'm going to send him the file so that he doesn't have to find it for himself. But I, anyway, I, I called the wholesaler, and I've talked about how the insurance companies all have what, what they call wholesalers, and it's the wholesaler's job to provide service to the advisor, right? So I'm the advisor, and if I need something, uh, you know, how does this system work? How does that system work? How do I handle this investment? In this case, this guy wants a redemption. Can you help me with this? Can you That's their job. Mm-hmm. And different insurance companies with different numbers of employees, you know, they can some handle things better than others, et cetera. And so anyway, I reached out to the wholesaler of this insurance company and I said, is there any chance that I can get a hard copy of the 2021 annual report? And at first she kind of laughed and uh, said, I don't think so. And then she goes, actually, no, I think I do know where there's some hard copies. I said, good. I said, give me half a dozen. She goes, you want half a dozen? I said, yeah, I want to see one. And I want to have, you know, be able to have one to, to show other people if and when the question comes up again. So anyway, I just thought that was interesting because, like I said, it was a question that I never had before. I don't remember. Do you, do you read a lot of annual reports, Ted? I used to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you could get them on Cole's notes. Yeah, the... Uh, what was that thing called? The uh, annual reports for dummies or something like that? The, the, the yellow, yeah. the yellow dummies books on That's every right. every subject. That's right. Cole's notes. You're dating yourself there, by the way. Somebody has to. Okay. Uh, what else do I got here in the in the mailbag? A caller whose dad passed away. Yeah, I like this story. It's uh, interesting and again a slightly different concept to share with the listeners. Dad passed away, but mom's still in the house after 54 years. And so I said, okay, well, I think I might have some good news for you. He's like, okay, what's the good news? Because you know, people are calling to talk about probate stuff, and they don't, they don't expect to have uh, good news. 
But once in a while, um, we can provide some good news, and I did, hopefully in this case, because I pointed out to this gentleman that it's a possibility, it's, there's a chance, emphasis on the word chance, that he can avoid the probate on the house using the first dealings matter status thing. We've talked about this uh, when the when the province uh, revamped the land registry system, I believe it was in the early 80s, uh, and became, or the title system to land registry, or maybe it's the other way around, I forget. But they revamped the system in the early 80s, depending on the municipality you live in. It didn't all happen at the same time. Toronto, I think, was the first. You got grandfathered. So that's why it's called a first dealings matter. So 50-some-odd years later, you're changing the title. You're selling the place or you're changing the title for some reason for the first time. You may be grandfathered, and that means you don't have to probate that house. Now, the test for this is very strict, um, very strict, and that's why I said there's a chance. We use a lawyer on the team. It is We have a, an avoid probate team. I'm not the lawyer. I get that question all the time. Nope, I'm not the lawyer. I'm the investment advisor with 25-plus years of experience doing the investment thing. So, you know, I need I need lawyers on the team because I can't give legal advice and I don't do the will and et cetera, et cetera. So we have lawyers on the team, and in my opinion, we have the number one uh, real estate lawyer in the province on the team. And I can often, well, I do often refer uh, people to this this gentleman if there's if there's a real estate question, a real estate. I'm not talking about selling the house. I'm not talking about realtors. I'm talking about uh, real estate law. And part of this uh, first dealings matter because the test is so strict. I know I'm not going to get all the all of it off the top of my head. I know part of the test is there has to be a will, and another part of the test is there can be no probate owing on any other part of the estate. If and this is this is common actually. If if any. I don't know, like getting back to the account at the bank. If the bank's going to require probate on something at the bank, even if the house, even if you've been in the house for 54 years, you lose your grandfathership, if you know what I mean. It's, it's, it's off the table, which is interesting. But if you can set things up, and that's what we're here to do, that's what we're here to help people with, set things up so there is no probate to worry about, then the house, because there's no other probate in this case, in that case, ideally, the house will be grandfathered. And that's awesome because... 1.5% is the probate fee in Ontario, $15,000 per million. A million-dollar house in the GTA isn't hard to find. So it's a lot of money, and never mind the 15000 bucks. It's a lot of time, aggravation, legal fees, stress, mm-hmm. liability, etc. So if you think, if you think, well, if you know that your parents have been in the house for a long time, and I mean 40-plus years, and that doesn't happen so much these days with people moving more often than they did, I think, 50 years ago. Yeah. Um, For sure. Right? And uh, I say that, I'm not trying to be unkind when I say that. It's just that's the nature of uh, society these days. It's it's easier to travel and, and move around and change jobs and all that stuff. So... So that doesn't happen very often. but well, And part of it has to do with the fact that people, back in the day when people worked, you worked for Ford, you worked for Ford for 32 years, you got your gold watch and see you later. Right. And that, uh, that's not very common anymore. Yeah, exactly. So Certainly not as common as it once was. Exactly. So, like I said, um, it's, not, it's, it's becoming less and less a thing. I guess all these uh, grandfathered exemptions will eventually fade away once nobody's been in the same house since before 1980. 
It's only a matter of time, mm. right? Okay, so that's that's a first dealings matter, and it's very specific. And and I gotta say, there's lots of smart people who don't know anything about it. So if you have any questions, give us a call. And like I said, we've got the number one uh, estate, lo- not a state lawyer. Sorry, I want to be clear. Real estate lawyer. We've got good. We've got a. We have the best estate lawyers, and we also have a very good real estate lawyer uh, on the team. Okay, I'm gonna start. Uh, another mailbag item. It's a little bit longer, and we'll carry it through after the the next break. But I want to I want to get it started anyway. And it's maybe it's not really a mailbag. It's me, uh, Jason Laidler, who actually once again attended a meeting at the bank with one of our listeners. So this lady called out of massive frustration, and I could sense it. And I I felt I felt bad for her because she's just she's going every day to a nursing home to take care of her elderly brother. And she's the power of attorney for her brother. And her brother has some money at the bank, and the nursing home isn't free. Um, In fact, the rent is, well, you can spend a lot of money, I understand that, and with fancy nursing homes and things. This one is just over 2,000 bucks a month, but like I said, it's not free. And so she needs to pay the nursing home rent and all those other bills, of course, you know, food and, and not not food, maybe, because I think there's some provided by the nursing home. But she said, like, even shaving supplies and things like that, it all adds up, right? And she's just frustrated that even though uh, she's a power of attorney for her brother and it's on the system at the bank, she gets the runaround when she tries to go get money from the various accounts at the bank. She doesn't understand um, what the accounts really look like. She doesn't understand why the bank hasn't made it, her life easier because this didn't happen yesterday or the day before. This has been ongoing for, she said, eight years. And I said, okay, listen, I'll book book a meeting and tell me when it is and I'll meet you there. And uh, so, you know, I drove considerable distance to attend and, and, and she said, oh, by the way, what's this going to cost me? I said, nothing. I don't, we don't charge for this stuff. We don't, we don't nickel and dime our clients. We want to help you avoid probate. We want to transfer the assets of the bank over to the insurance company so we can put a beneficiary on it. That's when we get paid. But uh, transactions and, and tweaking the portfolio and um, making withdrawal so that you can, I don't know, give the grandkids some extra money at Christmas time, not, we, don't, we don't charge for any of that stuff. The insurance company doesn't charge, so neither do we. Had the meeting... And we get there, and I've never met her before. I've never seen her in person. I've talked to her several times on the phone. And so so I'll call you when I get there, and we line up in the bank branch. I'm dying to say which bank it is, but I'm not going to because, once again, it's not a good time of the year to get sued. So Mm -hmm. uh, somebody comes out and says, are you here? Do you have a meeting? I said, yeah, we have a meeting. It was was pre-scheduled. It was a scheduled meeting. Of course, there's no other way it's going to happen. Oh, that advisor isn't here today. I'm like, you're kidding. I said, I came a long way to this meeting. She goes, okay, okay. And I, and I don't know if the lady was the manager or another advisor. Or she goes, okay, yep, yep, no problem. We'll get, you, we'll get you a meeting with somebody else. All right, well, that's something. But then what happened was we get in this meeting and, and the substitute advisor just kept saying, well, I don't know because I'm not the other person you, that you're dealing with. I don't have the information. I, don't have the, I was like, holy smokes. And I just felt like we were going to get nowhere fast. And the other lady, by the way, took a taxi to get to this branch. I didn't take a taxi. I drove a long way. So we ended up having this conversation with this guy. He says to me, well, are you her lawyer? I said, no, I'm not the lawyer because, like I said, I'm not a lawyer. Um, I'm an advisor. And I just said, I'm, I'm her advisor. Okay. 
Um, he did, you know, his back went up, and this happens every time I go with somebody to to the bank. I get it, but I was I'm being a nice guy and I'm minding my p's and q's and all that stuff. And uh, so we just uh, explained the situation to this guy as best as we could. He was very reluctant to provide any, any information. I said. You know, finally, he's like, oh, we have to protect, the bank has to protect their client. He goes, he looks at me and says, do you know what a POA is, which is power of attorney? I said, yes, I know what a power of attorney is. He says, do you know how it works? I said, yes, I know how it works. And he says, okay, well, then you'll understand that the bank, even though this lady has power of attorney for her brother, the bank has an obligation to protect their client. Okay, I understand that too, and that's great, because POA fraud is a thing, and we've touched on that. So we had to have a conversation about POA fraud, and, and I asked him, I mean, do you really, do you think this is, PO? it's eight years, man, like, this, here's the bill, I asked the lady, I said, do you have a bill on you? She goes, yeah, and she had a rent bill for 2100 and change or something. I said, you know, don't you see this every month? Are you still really concerned that this woman is, is committing any kind of POA fraud? Is there anything you need from her to satisfy yourself that this, these expenses are legit? And he said, well, I, no. He said, I don't, because if, if I thought they were not legit, she wouldn't have been getting any money up until this point. So there's a little bit more to the story. We're going to take um, our last break of the day. So top up your tea and coffee, and I'll wrap up the story, and we'll wrap up the, uh, this week's episode of the Avoid Probate Show with Jason Laidler and Ted Walshin right after this quick break. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. All right, time for our weekly visit to Kensington Market where we find Tom's place. Tom Mahalik at 190 Baldwin. Mr. Mahalik. Thank you. Good day, sir. How are you? Boy, you know, you can. I, I drive around on the weekends now, and I see limousines, and I see uh, pulling up to churches and tons and tons of people. It's wedding season is here. It's really here now. Ted, thank you for pronouncing my name so beautifully. I'm the owner of Tom's place, and my name is Tom Mihalik. Thank you for the great introduction. And yes, you are. When people are going to these celebrations, everybody's checking each other out, and then they realize they all bought their suits at Tom's place. Not only the wedding party has been buying their suits from Tom's place forever, but so are the people that are attending the wedding. It's prestigious these days to go in a Tom's place suit to a celebration. And we are selling more and more suits and nicer and nicer suits. And one thing that separates us from the rest, that yes, we will deliver and we have the inventory. Thank you, Ted. Always great to hear your voice. And my name is Tom Mihalik. Tom's Place, located at 190 Baldwin. That is in the heart of Kensington Market. And we'll talk to you again next week. From Tom's Place. So, Jason, next week it is Mother's Day, and I I thought it would only be, well, actually, you thought, and I agreed, it would only be fitting that we celebrate mothers, at least one mother, and we all celebrate our mothers. And it'll be our first Mother's Day show, too. Our first Mother's Day show. So, So celebrate that. We're going to put together, we're going to get a florist, put together a beautiful floral arrangement. Yep. And we will announce next week Mm -hmm. the winner. And it's very simple. You don't even have to think about this. All you have to do is just send an email to info at avoidprobate.ca, info at avoidprobate.ca. And if if you don't have access to a computer, ask somebody to do it for you. Info at avoidprobate.ca. Just say happy Happy Mother's Mother's Day Day, to my mother, Ethel. Yep. You have to give the last name. Betty, whatever. Whatever. And then the following week, next week, 
We will announce the winner. That winner will receive a beautiful floral bouquet courtesy. That's right. And obviously of, it's random. Yeah. So do that. This is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. We are back, and thank you for joining us today. This is the Avoid Probate Show with Ted Walsh and Jason Laidler. And as usual, we welcome your calls and your emails. The number to call, 1-844-667-7628, 1-844-667-7628. You leave a message for Jason. Jason will get back to you as soon as that is possible. And you can also um, leave an email at info at avoidprobate.com. .ca. That's info at avoidprobate.ca. So you have two ways in which to uh, communicate with Mr. Laidler, and he will get back to you as soon as it is possible. Jason. Thanks, Ted. So we're talking about this uh, real-life experience uh, at the bank, and I was there with a the listener. And uh, let's be clear, like sh- she's not a client. She's a listener. In other words, the definition of a client is very clear. I mean, we are managing some assets for you, that makes you a client. Well, that's not the case here, certainly mm. not yet. And I want to get back to that in a second, but uh, just describing the experience I had, I'm not trying to be overly critical of this gentleman at the bank, because I know his back was up, and he'd never met me before, and he's he's got a job to do, and he's got to protect himself and all that, and I get that, but he kept testing me, and he, would, he was asking me if I knew this rule or that rule or why this had to be set up like this. And I had I had the statements in front of me, I made it. I made it clear to the lady that I was meeting there. I said, "You need to bring everything with you. You need to bring the power of attorney. You need to bring statements. We we got to go in there prepared." She goes, "Oh yeah, I got it all. I got bags of it." She did have bags of it. I, I felt there was a lot of bags of it, and so I knew. I, I was confident. I had a good understanding of the situation. But uh, well, and then even if I asked him a question, I'll get to my butt in a second. I would say, "Well." You know, can you tell me this? And he'd say, "No, I can't, um, because you know it's private." So then I would turn to the lady sitting beside me and I'd say, "Can you ask him to tell you this?" And so she would repeat the question, and he would answer the question for her while I was sitting there, even though it's exactly the same question. That I, you know what I mean? It was kind of silly. I get it. A little frustrating. Kind of silly. So what I did not know was that the sister, the lady I was sitting there with, what she's done because. They've really gone through a lot of money, um, spending money on on care for the brother, and the remainder of the money is locked in, if I understand correctly. Mm-hmm. It's in it's in something called a LIF. A LIF is a life income fund. Mm-hmm. Life income fund. It's locked in. It has minimums and maximums. It's regulated. Um, it's from. It's a iteration of pension money. Pension money has a lot of rules and regulations attached to it because the whole idea is that the pension money lasts you your whole life. So there are restrictions. So you're limited as to how much you can take out Absol- each year. Absolutely. You can only take it out once a year. Absolutely. Well, you can, if you said, no, I want I want it in two installments, they'll do two installments. But yeah, it, but it's... It doesn't change the maximum amount. No, it right? doesn't. It doesn't. Okay, so, so once I understood that uh, this lady has applied, she's applied for... An unlocking of the locked-in money under a hardship claim. So that's a thing, and uh, it's not something we like to see or deal with very often because it's it's usually uh, not an ideal situation. But the government of Ontario, and I believe it was under McGuinty, um, introduced these hardship claim 
applications, and there's I think there's four categories, and I'm not going to get them all off the top of my head. One has to do with rent, uh, first and last month's rent. One has to do with being behind on your mortgage. One has to do with a terminal diagnosis. And there's a fourth one. I knew I wasn't going to remember it. Maybe it'll come to me. So they're all different forms. They're all different categories. But if you can demonstrate to the province that you uh, passed the test for whatever the category is, then the province, in the, in their in their imminent kindness and generosity, will say, okay, we get it. What's the point of having, you know, $100,000 locked in and you can't, you, you're behind in your mortgage? Or the doctor's giving you a terminal... Um, diagnosis or whatever. So that's a thing. And what I'm getting at is this application has been made by this lady who's looking after her brother for this hardship claim to unlock the balance of the of the lift. And the gentleman across the desk was saying, okay, I understand that. But he's saying because of COVID, we're way behind. The bank is way behind in its processing and they're taking a lot longer than normal to get these things processed, and of course it doesn't happen at the branch, because nothing happens at the branch anymore. It all goes down to central processing unit, and they're swamped, and people are working from home, and I don't understand that. I gotta tell you, I mean, I know, I get it, COVID changed things, and, and people started working from home, but so what? Can't you, are you are you working at like 50% capacity now, just because you're working at home? And by the way, we all know the banks are making billions of dollars in quarterly profits, quarterly profits. <laughs> you can't hire, hire another hundred people to, to do I know. processing I know. work for you. But they, I, I mean, I gotta be careful. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to be careful listeners with what I say about the banks and, and with respect to the bankers that are out there, it's frustrating. And I don't think I'm the only guy or the only person in Ontario who finds it frustrating. Certainly this lady who's 60 something years old carrying these bags in a taxi traveling to this branch to meet with an advisor who doesn't show up. Why wouldn't somebody have, when that person called in in the morning and said, I'm not coming in, I have a number of meetings, could you call the people on that list of my meetings and tell them that the meetings have been canceled because I'm off today? I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I mean, wouldn't you do that if it was you? Because they're short-staffed, I don't know. Of course I would. I I can't stand up a client in a, in a client meeting that you know, somebody calls in, hey, Jason, uh, enjoy your Sunday show every morning on AM 740 with Ted Walshin, and uh, I want you to help me avoid probate. Uh, can you come to my house on uh, Thursday at 430 in the afternoon, and then I'm a no-show? Are you crazy? No. No, like that, I mean, if, if, if I knew there was a reason I couldn't go, of course you call to your point, and say, hey, uh, something's come up, uh, I don't know, another snow, another freak snowstorm or something uh, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. popped up and I can't get there, let's reschedule. Anyway, that didn't happen, but they did, they did make other arrangements. But just the whole thing was just such an exercise in frustration. And I finally turned to the lady and in front of the gentleman, and I said, do you understand what happened here today? And I said, because it wasn't much. Because <laughs> it wasn't much. And it was, I, I just felt terrible that... Uh, we we I couldn't I couldn't help her more. Uh, I think she understands a little bit better. Once I found out that there was a hardship claim pending, I I I, I agreed with the gentleman. I said, yeah, that does take time. You know, I mean, just regular stuff at the bank takes time. This involves the province, and it it takes time. So she said, okay, okay, okay. But there's more to the story. Um, I don't I won't go into all the gory details. But I just wanted to, to talk about how this is a service that's available. And I realized after I left there. I could spend all day, every day, just uh, meeting people at the bank 
to help them sort out the stuff that they don't understand. And that says something, you know, that's, that speaks to maybe the level of service or, or, the, or the level of non-service. I don't know. But this guy, like I said, he kept testing me, and I, was, I, was, I wanted so bad to say, listen, sir, I'm an expert. But I didn't say that. I'm thinking, I've been doing this longer than you've been alive, maybe. So, yeah, I know what I'm talking about. But I was polite. I was a good boy, Ted. My mom raised me to be... I'm proud of you. Yeah, to be a good boy. Thank you. Because it can be frustrating. Hi, Mom. Yeah. It was frustrating. Yeah. So, another quick story that uh, actually involves the same bank. Different story here. Same bank, different story. I've talked about how when we do the transfer from the bank over to the insurance company... We do all the work for you. We do the legwork. We, we have to do it. You cannot do it by yourself. And that comes up, too. I'll, I'll, I'll get my lawyer to do it. I'll get my accountant to do it. No, they can't do it. You need a licensed advisor to do the transfer to the insurance company to open up the new accounts at the insurance company. The insurance companies are really on it. They're really strict. And there's a lot of rules and regulations, and you, they just can't. They won't let just anybody open up an account. So we got to dot the I's, cross the T's, or Jason's in big trouble. And uh, that hasn't happened yet, knock on wood. Anyway, this is a transfer from the same bank, which I'm not going to name, for for one of our newer clients, a lovely lady, and elderly lady. And I I meant to grab the date of the initial fax, and I forgot. But it doesn't matter. And because well, this is why it doesn't matter. When I called weeks after faxing the transfer forms, I know, I listen, I know it's not going to happen in uh, four or five days. I get it. So... I think it was two or three weeks later. I still wasn't expecting it to be completed, but I call to follow up because I want to know if they've been rejected. Because if they've been rejected just because, uh, I don't know, it's it, the day ends in Y or whatever it is, I need to know that so I can resubmit the forms. I don't want to wait six weeks if they've already been rejected three weeks ago, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean, right? So, mm-hmm. so I'm doing my due diligence. And this is why I'm here to say I'm never going to lose the landline in my house because being on hold with the bank for the rest of the afternoon. It's a lot easier when it's on the landline than it is when it's on my cell phone. I can still do some work and take a call on the cell phone when I'm on hold with the bank on the landline. So, yeah, I'm old-fashioned. Is that old-fashioned to have a landline? <laughs> uh, well, it is, but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay? It, sure, because it's practical. I still have uh, the rotary dial phone. That's that, old-fashioned. That was in my dad's house. I, <laughs> yeah, that's old-fashioned. I don't think it works, but I have it, and it's, uh, it's, a, it's a decoration. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I was tempted to ask my girls if they could figure out how to dial this phone number uh, <laughs> with this phone. But what I'm getting at is is I, I called to follow up on the stat. There's a special line just to follow up on the status of transfers. And I have that number. I called it. And, of course, the greeting is, we are expecting an unusually high call volume. Uh, your wait time is going to be extended, blah, blah, blah. So if you would rather email us at this new uh, email that was created just for the purpose of following up on the status of transfers. The email address is blah, 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 and we will respond by email. So I thought, okay, I don't really feel like being on hold for the rest of the day, so I'll shoot them an email. So I did that, and I sent the email. Hold on, I'm going to check my notes here because I want to be accurate. I sent the email to this special email follow-up line on March 22nd. And the email was very clear. I know how this works. It was very clear. Here's the client's name. I'm following up on the status of the transfer for this account number, TFSA, and this account number, RIF, for example. And please respond. Do you want to guess March 22nd? I, don't, I can't remember what day of the week that was. 
Do you want to guess what day or how many days it took for me to get a response from this special, dedicated, you know, email? Three weeks. I think you're probably really close. I don't have a calendar in front of me. March 22nd, the response came on April 7th. April 7th from March 22nd. I'd given up on it. I thought I should have stayed, I should have stayed on hold for two hours. I would have the answer to my question. Instead, I, I just figured... Oh, so much for that service. But sure enough, on April 7th, I got the... 16 days. I got the response, and I I did look at the calendar, and I saw that that's 12 business days. 12 business days to just tell me, oh, by the way... Yeah, but you know, they have lunch breaks. Yeah. And coffee. Yeah, I know. And and we had COVID, and everybody's working from home. You can't do email from home. So the response, (laughs) the response said, it's in the queue. That's all. And I thought, okay. That's really all I wanted to know. I wanted to know they weren't rejected, because if they were rejected, I have to resend them. And they get rejected for the stupidest reasons, and we're going to talk about that uh, in an upcoming show, because I have a funny rejection story, if there's such a thing. Funny rejection story. I like that. (laughs) But uh, we're running out of time here, Mr. Walshin. Once again, on a Sunday morning on the Avoid Probate Show, thank you, listeners, for being with us. What do you think? Well, I think to say that it's and as I mentioned this at the outset, and we have talked about this many times, it's important to to get the the input from listeners, questions, not only questions but also uh, stories, anecdotes, and they can share with us, and also uh, their comments because they may disagree with some some of the things that you or I say, which is okay as well. Yes, and, and we're more than willing to discuss that. And yes, if, and if we're wrong then we'll take the blame on it as well. Oh, yeah. But and, so, and so feel free yep. to uh, to contact us. And again, you can do that in two ways, either by email, info at avoidprobate.ca, or toll-free during the weekend. You can call at any given time. There won't be somebody there answering the phone 24 hours a day, but you can always leave a message. True. And we'll get back to you as soon as possible. And that number is one 844 667 Seven six two eight. That's one eight four four six six seven seven six two eight. And each week we will uh, get back to you either personally uh, during the week, or you'll hear from us uh, both personally, and you may hear your story shared on the air with all the other avoid probate listeners anonymously, of course. So of course. we've been talking about doing an all mailbag show for a little while, and there we go. We just did a, an all mailbag show. So. Having said that, we are out of time for this uh, Sunday, this uh, episode of the Avoid Probate Show. I want to say thank you to our awesome producer behind the glass, Kelly, for keeping us uh, on track and working our magic. Thank you to Ted Walshin for his decades of radio excellence, and thank you to you listeners for joining us again. Hopefully you'll join us again next Sunday. We'll do it again, Ted. You bet. All right, let's do it. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. You've been listening to an exclusive podcast of Avoid Probate with Jason Laidler. Heard every Sunday at 8 a.m. on Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.